Welcome to Intuitive Seek. My name is Mary Treen, and every week I aim to bring you a grounded approach to all things intuition. Through personal stories, experiences, and practices, offering energetic reflections to help you discover, connect, and fully realize how your unique power of intuition is your own greatest teacher. Hello, hello, welcome everyone. Thank you so much for being here, as always, and I hope that your April has been going well, and if it hasn't, I hope that you have had time to really look at what you may need to make the rest of April maybe a little bit more smooth, maybe a little bit more enjoyable, and I feel like today you may get a little bit of inspiration on how to do that. And by a little bit, I mean maybe a lot, because today I have a lovely interview with Julie Beyer, the founder of Glow Chocolates, one of my absolute favorites. She creates chocolate and carob-based healthy treats that have the nutrition value of eating a salad. Truly. No refined sugar, some are totally sugar-free, and all organic ingredients. So... Julie shares with us today like such a fascinating journey and her deep relationship with her intuition. So I really hope that you enjoy our inspiring chat. And Julie has also generously offered a discount code for us. So if you use the code intuitiveseek10, you will get 10% off of your order through her online store, glowchocolate.love. And that code will be in the show notes as well with all of the links that you need to get in touch with her and her website and see all of the amazing things that she's creating. And if you're curious about my one-on-one -on -one work and how I can support you, I offer a free clarity session that is heart-focused, a true consultation to chat about your needs, how I can support you, and if we would be a good fit. I am opening up a few spots to work with me at the end of May, so maybe one of those spots is for you. So again, all of the links that you need for me and my lovely guest Julie will be in the show notes. And without further ado, here is my intuitive chat with Julie Beyer, founder of Glow Chocolates. So welcome Julie Beyer of Glow Chocolates, my absolute favorite thing. Yeah, my favorite thing. <laughs> and I so honored to have you here today and explain and explore the magic that you create and all the valuable information you have about how you followed your intuition and created these products, this divinely inspired chocolate and kind of chocolate products that I personally have never heard of anyone producing something like this mm. before. So mm. thank you again very much for joining oh, us. You're so welcome. It's a delight and honor to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Lovely. So we always like to start out with mm. your name. Now, I didn't ask, and sometimes I ask my guests, but I feel a little mm. bit called to, do you have a yep. middle name? I do. Yes. Yes, I do. Yes. My middle name is um, uh, Jocelyn. Jocelyn. Yes. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Named after my aunt in Montreal. So yes. Beautiful. Yeah. I always find like there is some lovely energy in our names. Like they really do hold something. So thank, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. 
And if you could share with the listeners and with myself, your astrological sign, depending on which one, I know that you're into more Vedic astrology, right? Yes. Yes. (laughs) I do study both, but yeah, it's funny because when people ask my astrological sign, I'm like, the sun sign is just a small part of the chart that doesn't say much. We have to look at the moon, which is our emotions. And so I was going to a long tirade, but anyways. Um, and if you have your big three, yeah, absolutely. So, so in Western timing, um, I'm an Aquarius sun, um, Taurus rising and uh, Libra moon. And in the Vedic timing, um, I'm an Aries rising. Capricorn sun and Virgo moon. <laughs> oh, wow. So very different. So you have a balance and very, very different. different. Yeah. And um, when I when I first looked into astrology, I was like, this makes no sense. And then as I've gone deeper, I realized that actually both charts will give you the same information, but from a different perspective. So, yeah. Completely. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And from my, you know, more not professional view of astrology, but looking at Aquarius and Virgo, that makes so much sense to me because you have that visionary pioneering spirit, but then Virgo, it's very practical. You get things done and very earthy and also really kind of on point, making sure that you do the visionary things instead of just like waiting in the wings. Yeah. Virgo's all about working with plant medicine, right. And, and herbs and, and food, right. So very much where I play as you know, so yeah, very on point. Yeah. And then with your Taurus and the Libra, having all of that beauty and richness and nourishing. Well, it's interesting because in my, so my, my Western chart, I'm Taurus ascendant, and then I don't have Taurus ascendant in my, in my Vedic, but then my life purpose lands in Taurus in Veda and Vedic. So the Taurus part comes in there. So it all, yeah. It all comes all together. Comes I can together. go on about astrology, but now we're talking about chocolate. So that's <laughs> my other passion. But it makes sense to me because that's why I love ev- how everything yes. is connected. It's just another way to dig deeper into yes. the meaning of how we are yeah. connected to it. And that as soon as I hear Taurus, I just see green and it just reminds me of the heart mm. and what more heart centered mm. is the chocolate. Uh, thank you. Yes. Yeah. And beauty and luxury. And yeah, that's, that's, that's my purpose in this life for sure to share that with the world. Yeah. yeah. And you're following it. It's yes. amazing. But how did it happen? That's what I, I could hear my listeners in my, in my head saying, okay, she's following yeah. it, but how, how does somebody do this when they're at their job that they don't like, or they're not spending time on their creativity or haven't even been able to find it. What brought you to this amazing business, but also purpose? Like they really are mixed together, blended beautifully the way that I see it. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, when people ask me that question and I always struggle to answer it because it was, it was, it was a very long process. I had many different stages to it. I think from my experience, a lot of people who end up, you know, starting the business, there's kind of like a clear, more of a clear storyline from like, you know, I got my job one day and then I had this inspiration. All of a sudden I had this business. And so um, my journey was very nonlinear. 
it took many turns. Um, so I'll do my best to kind of summarize the, the key points. Um, and take your time, like really follow whatever it feels like you need to talk about. There is no wrong way that you can go in this because it is so valuable from your experience. So please. So yeah, it, I mean, it started a long time ago for me. I was, um, gosh, on a very different career path. Um, I spent a lot of time in university and, um, yeah, I was going in a very different direction. Yeah. I was in university for about like six years or something. So quite a long time. Wow. In what direction was it? Like you started, could you go back a little bit before when you first went into university? What was your, if you can remember, what was the trajectory in your mind? Like, why were you going? Well, actually I was very interested in two things, actually funny enough. So I was interested in business <laughs> and I was interested in food, but like not like food as like from a place of like making my own food. I actually, no, I didn't know anything how to like make food at that time, but I was really interested in like, um, in food economics. So that was, I wanted to be a food economist. Really? Yeah, that was, I was, I, I was so fascinated by how food like affected like different like facets of our life, like our health, how when I'm buying something in like Vancouver, how it's impacting someone on the other side of the world and, and all different sort of actors along the way. I just found that really, really intriguing and interesting. Actually, sorry, the food, the, 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 the interest in food economics came a little bit later. At first it was sort of more business and then that came a little bit after. So, but yeah, so it's interesting how I ended up where I am, but I, I wanted to, I envisioned myself working for like the government, which I did, <laughs> I did work for the government for a bit, um, or like, uh, you know, an NGO or, or like working on policy and I wanted to like, travel the world and, and I was, that was, I never in a million years thought I would be an entrepreneur of my own business. So. Wow. So you really had more of a big picture trajectory of how you could fit into kind of like a cog in the big wheel. Yes. Yeah. Never, never thought of myself as an entrepreneur. And then, um, yeah. And then halfway through university, I actually, I ended up getting really, really sick. So, um, yeah, like all my dreams got shattered. So you know, it's, you know, people talk about like having sort of like a Saturn return in your late twenties or like your midlife crisis. Mine kind of happened when I was 20. Wow. <laughs> so very young. So it was, I think, you know, I think with everything in life, there's pros and cons, right? So I think the the beautiful thing about that was, is that I never had time to like get invested in like a career and actually like you know, make a paycheck and start a family or all these things that people do. And then they realize, oh, this is not satisfying. It was like, right from the beginning, it was like, this is not happening. I felt like I was just thrust into what the time, like something else, like I didn't know, I didn't know what was going to happen because I didn't know what was going to happen with my health. So there's a lot of uncertainty. And did you have to like stop? So you unfortunately were struggling with your health so deeply that you had to stop school. I, well, what happened is I, I didn't, I did finish university, but I like, I had to take a break. So I did continue, but, um, <laughs> on the side, this is God, this is like pre-Instagram. This is a long time ago. Cause in my like thirties now. So this is yeah, like almost like, gosh, like 18 years ago. Um, I, 
you know, started researching holistic medicine on the side and I was researching nutrition, right? Because um, the thing that hit me the most at that time was, was food. And it's like everything I ate, like affected me negatively. Mm. And so it was like, I was just in a really, yeah, it was, it was a really challenging time. Yeah. I started seeing natural paths and all kinds of different holistic practitioners. And so I was part of Finnish university, but then on the side, like just researching, right. And, And looking at books and everything I could find on holistic healing. So, yeah. Wow. And that does not specifically exactly the same story, but it is a very similar thing that happens to many of us where our body kind of makes a decision for us (laughs) before we do. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like your body was really calling out to you. But it yes. was hard to decipher exactly what it was saying because you were it was. having these like sensitivities and inflammation that sounds like, and really hurting. It was, it was really painful. And oh. I, I mean, there was a lot of different things that were happening. I won't go to all the details of it, but you know, at the time, like I didn't, it took me a long time to like figure out this was, or to, or to come to the place where I was like, oh wow, like this was a gift. Like it took me years, right? It took yeah. me years of recovery. So it, it, it's yeah, it wasn't like, oh, I got sick and then I had this enlightening moment. I'm like, it was my own business. <laughs> no. <laughs> Thank you for saying that a hundred percent. I think that is very important that it is not, and just like you said, not a linear path. No, it was, yeah, it was and it was it was very scary because um I did work for a little bit in government after um I finished my degree. And I, I couldn't stay there. I just wasn't well enough. And I was like, what do I do with my life? Like, I, I'm just, I, I'm too, too, like, ill to, like, work. And, you know, I had this degree and you're young. Like, what, like, I was stuck, right? I was really, really stuck. So it was definitely went through um, Dark Night of the Soul, hit rock bottom very young. And none of my friends had experienced anything like that, right? So I was very alone. Yes didn't have any mentors. Again, there was like, this kind of stuff wasn't talked about at the time. So it was, yeah. No, 18 years ago, this was not in the mainstream. It's, I think it was, it was definitely an initiation. And what that did is that I had to search for answers within myself. And it was like a really, it was like, it was a trial by fire. Definitely. And it, it exercised something where it's like, I didn't have a choice anymore because doctors didn't have answers. Mm. I went to like top specialists. I was going to natural paths. I was going to everybody and no one had answers for me. Or I think people had answers, but they, they contradicted each other. Right. Or no one could really give me a path to healing. And so the only way I was, I was, I, I, that was left was for me to go within and to access my own answers. And it was very scary. It was yes. really, really hard. It was like not a fun experience. Yeah, definitely dipped into a lot of depression at the time and just felt, yeah, it was really hard. But it, it's, it's like in one of those, in that kind of experience, it's like you either come out and you're, you either, um, there's no middle ground anymore right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Either you sink or you, you rise. So, um, but it did, I didn't rise right away. It took, it took a long time. So 
yeah, it was, it was a process. Unbelievable. So you had this kind of long trial by fire, long dark night of the soul. And I really appreciate you saying that because that was similar to me. It took a many years. And I know that a lot of literature, or if you look on um, even pop spirituality, you can call it where people say, Oh, dark night of the soul. You're on the bathroom floor. Okay. What happened after that? It's like one, two, three. And it's not like that when the reality of our, our soul and our energy and yeah. being realigned into your purpose, which is what it sounds like was happening, but very difficult because you didn't have any guidance. You had to look at your own inner intuition. And what was that like? Had you been having a relationship with your intuition before that? Or was that also kind of an initiation? Yeah. Well, you know, it was interesting because I would say no, but I actually, so my mother actually, so my mother passed away when I was 12. And so I didn't understand any of this kind of stuff at the time. Like it wasn't something we talked about or anything like that. And I was having experiences connecting with her in the spirit realm afterwards, but I couldn't, I didn't even have the vocabulary to articulate it. Yeah. So it was almost like I was having these experiences, but I didn't know I was having it. And I knew I was connecting to something, but I couldn't talk about it because I didn't even probably know what intuition really was, or maybe I did. I can't remember. It was long ago, but yeah, it just it didn't make any sense to me. So I, it's not something that I, I used or thought about before at all. I never considered myself in that way. But when I, in retrospect, I think something I had sort of opened up, but it wasn't in a way where I was, you know, using it in my daily life or anything like that. It was, it was, it was, it was, um, yeah, I would say very repressed. So yeah, I, I, I say, I definitely say I wasn't, wasn't following my intuition before at all. I mean, maybe in certain situations, um, but it's not, not at the forefront. No. Oh, well, thank you for sharing that and having such a deep loss at a young age with your, with your mother and then being able to connect to her, but not being able to verbalize it. That must've felt very isolating too. It did. Absolutely. So I spent, it's so interesting because actually someone, I, I actually, I was going to see a woman, she was um, a healer of some sorts and psychic. And she said, you know, Julie, that time is so valuable for you because all this time that you've had to spend on your own it forced you to go within, right? Mm. Which is what allows you to do what you do in your life. So, but yeah, it was, it was a lot of initiations at a young age where I didn't feel like I had support or people could understand me. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a hard go. It was a really, really hard go. Yeah. Mm. So when you were working, so after university, you, you finally got through it, you had a quite a trial with it, but you did it. And then you moved into working for the government, which sounds like it wasn't your ideal job. It sounds like at that moment, that also was kind of a, an energetic movement that maybe you were feeling a little bit of that same isolation that forced you also to go in and be like, Oh, I don't want to be working in this job, but what on earth am I supposed to be doing? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, it's interesting. The government situation. Well, um, yeah, I was very depressed during that time. I mean, I think at that 
point I had developed friends who were kind of like-minded, like I had a bit more support, but I was still feeling very lost because it's very young. Yeah. I mean, it was incidentally enough um, when I was working government, so I, I worked for the federal government in economic development. Funny thing is, is like the first three projects they put me on when one was like helping to develop like women entrepreneurship. No way. In BC. I know. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I was actually working with like the head of like the women's enterprise center in BC with like this project to feature women entrepreneurs and their stories. And I was helping them get funding for it. And I had, I was like going to events, meetings where these women were <laughs> their stories. And I remember thinking I would never do that. <laughs> That's amazing. The synchronicity of this without any real awareness yet in, no. on your part. Wow. No, <laughs> no it was so fun. Yeah. I remember like, like watching these women tell their stories and I'm like, wow, they're so brave. Like I would never want to be that person. <laughs> Long behold. So um yes, yeah, so I worked in that. And then incidentally enough, which is kind of relevant today, I ended up also working so many years ago in um the government was working with like <laughs> the biggest uh, multinational corporation in the world that does like weapons production. Wow. So they put me in charge, yeah, of like working with the executives of that of that company, which is very well known, to help develop the economy, local economy through them using BC companies to be suppliers for basically making like weapons for war at the time. Anyways, it was, I just, it was a very, very enlightening experience um, in terms of just seeing how things work. And I was like, wow, I cannot participate in this system. And um, I started calling out to like my, my colleagues. I said, you know, I don't think that like, we need to like kill each other in order like to, to like like have an economy and you know that idea was shot down and I was like wow like I can't participate like it was I just I felt like I like I don't know I was like I just like my soul landed somewhere and I was like this is back in the stone age or something right mm-hmm. and I was like this is so out of integrity and I had all this education and you know, again, I learned so much from this experience, like professional skills. And of course, like, you know, working with the Women's Enterprise Center, all these things were really beautiful, but there was also the shadow side and realizing that like, I couldn't participate like in society. Like it was just, I, 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 I'm somebody who I make connections. I see how things are related very easily. And I was like, I, I can't, I can't work in a system that. Um, and also I was calling out things cause they were, you know, supporting fish farming as well as a way to like develop the economy. And I, I never think that doesn't work and like outlining how that's so destructive to the environment, which eventually destroys the economy. And then I got in trouble and it was like this whole, you know, I couldn't, I just couldn't keep my, could keep my mouth shut. I love it. And it was like, I think this is at the end, not like a good cultural fit. <laughs> A good cultural fit. That is the greatest thing I've ever heard. That's yeah. So it was, it was actually, it was interesting where I was like, just opening up. I'm like, I can't like, cause I so wanted to, you know, work in government, work in these, in these, in these organizations. So I was like, wow, like I can't participate in that. And I think I was also so sensitive too, because I had gone through my own sickness, right. My own illness and I was understanding how much you know, like food was affecting me. And I felt like 
the world was like poisoning me wherever I went. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I can't live. Like I can't eat the food that's in the society. I can't like, it's poisonous. I can't like work at these institutions. Like it's just, it's so toxic. Right. So yeah, I had another breakdown after that for sure. Unbelievable. That is so fascinating because I really see this piece of you, that passion piece where even in that role, your colleagues were kind of the way that you speak it. It sounds like your colleagues were saying, no, this is just the way it is. Would you just relax? Like, don't you know that this is the way it is and we can make a little bit of change here, but this is the way the world works. Yeah. And with your company, it really feels like the mission as well, where, no, it doesn't have to be the same that it has always been. No, I, I'm a, I'm a, I realize I'm a rule breaker. <laughs> I love to push the boundaries. That's what gets me excited. And it was funny. I was always starting new things in the government as well. Like I was like, let's start like a committee for this and let's start this and all these different things. Right. And yeah, it was there all along. Like, I just, I can't, I can't follow crowds. I can't accept things the way that they are if they don't make sense to me. I just, I just can't do it. And I love the way that you're describing this. So thank you for sharing this part of your story, because to find that true path of our purpose, there has to be so many twists and turns of realigning into it. And it tends to manifest as breakdowns if we're not listening. So what did you find with this one? Like, what was the magic if you can share? Because I'm sure many people are going through it right now. Yeah. I mean, again, it's, I think the, the, the positive side for me when this is that I was so young, right. So it's not like I had a mortgage or these, like these commitments. So it was very easy. It wasn't easy, but it was probably easier for me than maybe other people who may have children or these financial commitments just be like, I also my health wasn't allowing me to, I just, I couldn't do it, but it was like, I can't do this. Right. So I don't believe that like the way that I did my path is the way that someone else should do theirs. But I do believe what I do believe that there's always an answer. Right. And I, I didn't know this at the time it's something that I've, I've learned kind of later is, you know, it's just, we have to ask the question, like if something is feeling really out of alignment and integrity with us, it's like the first step is always to just be like, okay, this isn't working and to just admit it, which takes sometimes to take a lot of courage. Right? Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> because you know, we're like, oh, like my, you know, um, this this is this is my my income or this is, you know, whatever sort of security or whatever that is. Or I went to school for six years. Six years, exactly, right? Like I've invested how much money in this or time. So it takes so much courage to be like, this isn't working. And I think the fear is and we we don't because we don't if we admit it, then we're like, well then what do I do after? But it's, it's okay to be the unknowing. It's okay to be like something isn't working and then still do it and but still be in that unknown. But I think the most important thing is to start to ask questions, right? And that's, I had a, a mentor a long time ago, really taught me that. He said, you know, like, and if you go back to, oh, who is that that talks about has it Albert Einstein or somebody like that? They talk about the importance of asking the right question. Like it's like, yeah, he does the quote that he said. It's like, if he has like one hour to solve a really complex problem, he would spend like 59 minutes of that, like figuring out the right question to ask 
because when you ask the right question, the answer comes in right away. Yeah, I'm really big on that, that there's always a way that we are guided and that, you know, we can look to other people's stories and journeys as inspiration. Ultimately, we all have our own situations and and experiences. And so, you know, what's going to work for me won't work for someone else and vice versa, but we all have the guidance. And I think there's always a way. And if we, you know, if our intention is, I don't want to say pure or like from the heart, it's like, it's, that's where magic happens. Right. So yeah. And that's where intuition comes into play and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's so beautiful. And I really hear that. And that was actually the main inspiration for me even trying and putting this podcast out last year. It took me about six months, but the main message that kept coming was this is all about helping even one person remember that our greatest teacher is inside. Like it's not outside. And sharing our stories, I feel like does exactly that. It helps turn our our view inside. So everything you're saying, I totally understand wanting to kind of caveat the privilege that we have if we don't have a mortgage and don't have children and being able to, you know, go for it. But everybody has their own, their own means of something that's kind of keeping them from following their heart as long as all their basic needs are met, right? So I feel like everything that you've shared makes so much sense that you kind of kept having to move back inside and listen to that intuitive voice. So what happened? Like, do you remember that kind of pivot where you said, oh, why don't I try to make my own food? Because <laughs> it's very, yeah, it's well, kind of it, not out of nowhere, but a little out of Yeah, nowhere. yeah, it was definitely. So I didn't know what to do with my life. And then I remember I was like, okay, I'm going to go back into like, you know, the, the job market and I'm going to try to find something to work in where I can apply, you know, like my, my educational background and my values, right? So it's like, maybe there's like more uh, conscious financial institutions. I was trying to look for for things like that. And then I put my resume together and I was trying to apply and actually to then city at the time. So I was like, oh, it's like kind of on track with my, you know, where I studied, but I I kind of, you know, resonate with their values a little bit more. So I was trying to like find the middle ground. And, um, and so I put my resume together and then my computer crashed. Oh my god! My hard drive went. Yeah, <laughs> when the things do. And then, and I knew, like, I knew deep down that I wasn't meant to do it, but I, my mind was like at the forefront of like, I need to like make you know, get back on track and find a career and blah blah blah. So yeah, I remember I went and at the time I so I traveled quite a bit my earlier a few years back and I had like so many songs and like um like music and and pictures on that computer so I was like so devastated oh. that I was gonna lose all that so I remember I was at this this computer like repair shop and the guy said you know what like your hard drive is completely gone like there's no way you're gonna get anything back from the computer and I was like okay I just knew that it had happened because it wasn't meant to like apply right like the real world quote unquote Mm -hmm. and but I was like I really like I was so devastated about the loss of other things on my computer so I remember praying in that moment like 
please God, please God, please God. I promise I will never apply to go work in the real world again. I won't just give me back my hard drive. And then as I was praying, the guy was like, oh my God, something just happened. Like your hard drive came back. He's like, I have no idea what happened. It was like, oh wow. And so my hard drive came back, but I, 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 I just totally miraculously, but I could, I knew I couldn't, I couldn't pursue that. It was like, yeah. So it was, it was, again, it was just my, you know, I think, and again, I can see this from an astrological standpoint as well. It's like some of us come in, we have like a very, very specific life purpose and we just, we can't, you know, it's like, there's no way I could go off path. Right. And that was, and so I know a lot of people who are like, I don't have to do with my life or I'm confused and different things. And we also just all have our own journeys Yeah, and one's not better than the other. Right. In sort of it, in terms of it, you know, our, our, our path of like our gifts to offer the world for some people, it's really clear for some, um, maybe not so much. And for others, maybe it's like simply, you know, not simply, but it's like a, being a mother or, you know what I mean? Like there can yes. be, I think also in our culture, these notions that like, oh, like my purpose has to be like running a business or starting something new or, you know, our purpose can be many, many different things and look many different, different ways. But in my, in my own journey, um, and it's you know, very clear in my chart, it was like, no, like I'm here to build something new in the world. And it was like, there was no way that could step outside of it, which again, po- you know, has positives and negatives, positives and that it really pushed me forward. And I really had to grow and I really had to step into something new, but it was also really challenging because I felt like I had no safety now. Like I just, I felt like I had no choice in some, in some regard. Right. So mm-hmm. I still didn't know what to do with my life. And then I was always in the kitchen, though, always in the kitchen. And the thing is I had so many food allergies, so many food sensitivities that I could barely eat anything. So oftentimes I would cook for other people. Um, I couldn't taste anything because I couldn't eat most of, I could hardly eat any foods. So I had to use my intuition to create recipes. And that was like, I was trying to find ways to like have more harmonized with food because I hated eating so much. It was so painful for me because every time I would eat, I'd be in pain, all these things would happen. So I was kind of on this personal journey that I, again, never thought would turn into something like career-wise where I was trying to just like make peace with food. And that's where I just started practicing using intuition with food and um and then also for myself making stuff for myself because I had such limited things that I could eat I was like okay if I only have these these very three four simple ingredients how can I make this into something really delicious right you know how can I transform this so I that's part part of my story but I, I I lived in France for you know, when I was in university for far that time. And, um, I was really inspired by the food culture there. And my, um, so my mother is half, like my mother is French Canadian. So I've grown up like in that culture. Right. Um, and so then living in France and I was really like inspired by really delicious food. And I was like, how do I like, how do I still experience this? But I have all these food allergies and food sensitivities. So it became, being creative with food became a way for like a, a he, something healing for myself to try to turn this pain and suffering around food and eating into something that was felt 
better, that felt productive, that felt fun. So that, yeah, being creative with food was kind of like my, my safe haven. It was like where I would go and just all my problems would disappear. I'd become very present and just ideas would come. And so then people were like, Julie, you, this is really amazing. Like you have a gift. And I was like, I don't think so. I was like, no, 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 no. People would just be like, this is the best food I've ever had. I can't believe it. And I'm like, I would always be like, no, no, no. Like, And can I ask, were you saying no, because maybe you didn't have, you know, you didn't go to like Cordon Bleu or that you didn't have this background where you could say, I am, I am a professional and I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I mean, I was like, I was like, okay, like, yeah, do it for fun. I was like, I would never do this as a career. Like, that's crazy. Like I literally didn't even like, I didn't even open up a cookbook. Like, and I, I didn't even know how to cook in university. I was like made fun of, of being like the worst person in the kitchen. Like, you know, I was raised by my dad. So (laughs) we would have like noodles and like soup like I didn't it was like it was such a drastic change right I was like this is crazy I can't like go into like yeah food industry do something like that like that's insane like and then um but yeah I actually ended up hiring a life coach because he was worried about me <laughs> I hired a life coach at her first session she's like you have your own business <laughs> I was like okay wow Thank you so much again for sharing all of this because it's very personal, but so brilliant and valuable. And I can't help but see the parallels in you kind of being unable to digest the way the world is, the way the world was kind of going along in the way the economy was working and the way people were supported and the way that food was not being kind of respected and understood as how important it is for our health. And then your own personal digestion was not working. So then you had to kind of like work backwards to have a digestible life in a holistic way. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of parallels for sure. Yeah. Very insightful. Yeah, absolutely. Again, it, it took a lot of retrospect. Like at this time, I wasn't seeing any of this. I was just like, life sucks. You know, poor me. I was like very much like the victim to everything. I've been there, done that for a long time. But yeah. in yeah. In retrospect, I was like, oh, it all kind of makes sense. Right. So yeah, yeah, definitely. And then, um, yeah. And then even with starting my own business, it wasn't like I'm going to like make chocolate or anything like that. It was like, I tried different things and what I was doing. It was very messy. Um, had a lot of doubts. I tried to quit <laughs> and I was still struggling with my health as well. Right. So it was, it was just, it's, but yeah, I started doing things like cooking classes and just trying to like, you know, do something with my life. At the start of this journey, I was like, thinking like, like going back to what you're saying before, it's like, okay, I have no training. Right. So like, this is crazy. And even people around me were like, Julie, like, shouldn't you go to school for this? (laughs) You know what? And I just had this message, this intuition. I wasn't, I wasn't using my intuition a lot at that time, as much as I do now, it was starting. Right. And I just had this message being like, you will be guided. You will be guided to trust. Like you don't have to go learn anything. I was like, this is crazy. Like, I honestly thought it was absolutely nuts. And then I goes, I felt depressed because I was like, I can't tell anybody that they're going to think I'm crazy. Like, you know, and people did. So, um, yeah. And I guess 
yeah, it was, it was just a process of learning to like trust my intuition more and more and more. And it's just, it's, it's always developing. Um, so I had done like, you know, catering, I tried cooking classes, different things. And I, then I started doing products. Um, and that, yeah, it was all, it was, and, and I realized because I had, had so much practice, I guess, from that time when I was trying to heal myself, right. And using my intuition with food, that's just like recipes would just come through like out of nowhere. Right. So, um, I remember the time when I, when I made the, my glow balls, which are now like a very stable part of my, um, my product line with I had no idea what I was doing at the time. I just felt this inspiration to like go to the store. And I was like, oh, there's like all these ingredients I don't know, like mesquite and carob and lacuma, whatnot, and like, stevia. And I just like had this inspiration to buy all of them and take them home. No idea what I was doing. So, but I was just, yeah, following instincts, right? Um, and intuition. And then even after I made it, I was like, oh, this is like a neat product potentially. Yeah, tell me about that because I will say one of my favorite things of listening to you speak is that every time it seems like every time you were pushing and kind of only using your will, nothing was working. And then the moment you kind of surrendered, then the inspiration came. And how was your intuition speaking to you? Like, is it the same as it does today? Is it kind of a thought comes in? Do you get a feeling? Like, does it always change? I feel like it's much more, today is much more refined because yeah, I've really done, I've, I've done a lot of growth and personal development over the years. So I think before it was more, it was kind of more instinct and I wasn't really trusting it. So what happened with the globals actually is that I created this and I had a feeling that this could be a product that could really help people because it tastes, it was like, um, you know, like a chocolate, like truffle, it's hard to describe it, but there was no sugar. So I'm like, well, people who have like candida or different like conditions, things that I had could actually have this. But then I doubted myself so much because I I had such low self-esteem and such low self-confidence. So I was not following through on a lot of my intuitive hits I was getting and so I actually developed the global recipe many, many, many years ago. And I, and then I was doing other products and actually it was a, a story I'd love to share with you because I tried so many different things in my business, catering classes. Like I was doing a granola, I was doing chips, I was doing all these different things and I was really spread thin and I knew I was on my path, but I was exhausted. I wasn't making any money and I was overwhelmed and I felt like I couldn't make anything happen but I had so many ideas and I was trying to make them all happen. And I was just very lost. And so I was at a friend's place and I ended up meeting this woman who ended up, she was trained as a coach and I ended up sharing with her, you know, a bit about what I was going through. And I guess she just really felt for me. And she's like, you know, Julie, I'd love to offer you a free coaching session. Like why don't you come over and help you out. So I was like, okay. Um, so I prepared. I was like, okay, I really want to like make the most of this woman's time. Like she's offering her time, you know, for free for me. She's like this executive coach. Like, so I was drafting out different strategies and like totally in my head. Right. <laughs> You're like, I could do this. I could do that. And, but, and then it was like doing pros and cons and different. It was anyways, I'm laughing in retrospect. I, mean, I do not operate that anymore. Um, so I arrive at her place and we start the coaching session and I bring out my papers and I'm 
start going off and she just stopped me. And she's like, Julie, she's like, just stop. And she said, you know, when you're talking, indicating to me visually that I was, my head was cut off in my heart. I wasn't connected. And that everything I was trying in the world was coming from my head, not my heart. And she's like, I want you to try coming to your heart and seeing what wisdom has to offer. And I was like, what? Your heart, you can speak from your heart. Like I had no idea. It was like this totally new concept to me. I thought she was kind of crazy. And I was like, oh, so she's like, (laughs) she guided me through this like meditation. And I was really nervous and like brought my awareness down to my heart. She's like, what does your heart have to say? And it was the most interesting experience because it felt like my heart was speaking. Like I could feel information coming from my heart center. It was like, it was like my, my heart had brain cells and it was speaking and I had never experienced that. I was like, this is so trippy, but it was a different, the way that it spoke was so different than my head. It was very simple. It was very quick and to the point, and it was done. There was no like analyzing. There was no this and that. It was very clear. And my heart at the time said, the world needs your globals. <laughs> Just make globals. And I was like, I don't believe that. <laughs> that can't be true. How could, and again, because I had such low self-esteem and confidence, it's like, how could I ever like make a business out of this? Like, who's going to want to buy stuff from me? And, you know, I just, I, I, I made up every excuse in the book to not follow it. There is like so much science and, and things coming out that, you know, our hearts do have brain cells, right? And that we can tap into that. And there's incredible stories of people who have had heart transplants and all these things. Right. So you're listening to your heart and it told you the world needs your glow balls and you had never cooked anything professionally. You were not a pastry chef. You did not really even know why or how or who would want it. And of course you would think, and this I find happens with a lot of the desires that our heart asks us to do, to take action on, they can sound like a pipe dream, something too big that of course that's what we want, but how is that going to be possible? But I find at least for me and with my clients, it feels like a pipe dream because it is the dream. So how did you honor it? Because that I, as knowing about your business now and being such a fan of your global recipes, how did you do it? Oh my gosh. Well, again, it's, again, it happened over so many years because honestly, I had so much resistance. Like I cannot tell you, I feel like I see people starting businesses all the time and I'm like, how did you just like do that? Like I had to do, I had to do so much personal work because I just had a lot of personal stuff and health stuff to, to move through. So I kind of lost track, but I, I didn't, I didn't follow it right away. And then I got off track and then it just, it kept on coming back. Um, and I think what eventually happened is I was producing different product lines and then just one thing, like just different things. Like I couldn't end up producing, I was actually producing like this biscotti thing because I couldn't get an ingredient anymore. And then I couldn't produce this because of this. And then it sort of just ended up having a chocolate business kind of thing. Right. So it was very gradual. Um, and yeah, I think it probably would have gone a lot more smoother had I had so much resistance, had had I trusted more, 
Um, but I didn't, and it took me a long time, like a really, really long time. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm sure if I would have followed it at that moment, it would have been a lot smoother ride, but no, (laughs) it's a difficult path. Oh yes. And the divine timing of it. And every time you move through that resistance, the depth of healing and creating like a solid foundation for your business to be more, you know, dare I say more of a legacy rather than just a business. So that to me sounds like a very worthwhile time. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I think I've had to do a lot of like, you know, forgiveness for all the things I've made mistakes with the past. Why does this take me so long? I can't believe I screwed up so many times. Right. So that's still something that I'm, I'm still working on to this day, actually, that's still part of, of my journey moving forward. Yes. And with the, with your globals with your amazing chocolate. But is there a way if nobody has ever heard of the way that you really create your recipes and how much you honor and really revere the ingredients that you use? Flavors are very unique as well and you know, quite rare when I look at kind of confections as a if that's kind of the category. How do you speak to people about it that where you and I, and probably the listeners, we understand that kind of spiritual aspect to it. We understand what being divinely guided means, what intuition and intuitively led in your business and with ingredients. You also use Reiki in your ingredients too. So you really energetically help to align and, um, you know, elevate the, the vibration of it. All of those words can be, I could assume, a little bit intimidating to somebody who hasn't really encountered these kind of things before. So what do you do? Because I'm sure you have. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't actually make that kind of the forefront of my business and how I sell my product, right? So, um, I mean, I have, I so I have a website so people can purchase directly online. I don't, I guess I don't try to make people try to understand everything that I do is, you know, I think the product speaks for itself. So I get so many messages from people who say, oh, like I've had your product and they're like moved by it. And they're like, it's changed my life or this or that. Like, what are you doing? So people can sense it. And yeah, like not everybody's also can hold what I do. Like when I you know, share, right. I I mean, I balance flavors by not touching my product now, right. Through the quantum field, through Reiki, and it tastes completely different. Cause I think you've been a customer of mine for a while. And I think you were buying my product before I started doing the Reiki and quantum flavor balancing. So I don't know if you were able to taste prior and after I started doing the Reiki. I did. I completely did, but it was so interesting because it was creamier. So there was a creamier texture. There was also, you know, something you can't really describe where when it is kind of melting in your mouth, there's a feeling of lightness, almost kind of like a lightness of being. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of light in it. Yeah. 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 And it really is true. There is that, well, that je ne sais quoi, that what is this? I remember the first time I do actually, I remember the first time I tried one of your, I think it was, I think it was a glow ball the first time from eternal abundance. And I remember I bought them and I brought them home and I took one, took one. 
tried one. See, it is like medicine, guys. It's not. <laughs> I took it. I, I tried it. And I remember saying to myself, oh, I have to sit down. Yes. Yeah. Like this is not something that I can enjoy. Like this needs a moment. And not in a dramatic way, a really grounded, like just a natural impulse of this. Something is happening. This is different than just a regular, okay, I need something sweet. I'm, I need something sweet, <laughs> which is normally where I went with trying to get a healthy candy or chocolate. It's like just make it taste like the bad stuff. But yours is different because it tastes so beautiful, but it feels a whole nother level. Yeah. It's just, it's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And that's, you know, exactly what I seek to, to, to impact people with is a feeling of it. Um, and so many people actually share some, something similar, right? It's like, Oh, I just want to like sit down and like enjoy and have that moment for yourself and pleasure. And, you know, even in the, how I'm producing it, like a lot of, um, so in, 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 um, traditional, chocolatiering, I guess, so to speak, you know, it's all about temperature and tempering the chocolate. So it has a certain shine to it. And there's a very specific process. And I don't do any of that. Um, where I pay attention to is the energy. Like, where is my energy as I'm making it? You know, what's the energy of the room? Like all these things come into play. You know, again, it's something that's so underestimated and underrated. And a lot of people, yeah, I can, I can say this, all day and all night. And most people just don't get it until they try it <laughs> and they have in their own experience. Yeah, I'm sure. One thing that I really admire in it is that you're creating something out of integrity, something that you need, something that you know is meant for other people. So really from a place of service, rather than what people want, you're kind of offering something that you're intuitively know that they need yeah I always say it's like the chocolate's a vehicle right and I I sat down last year and it was because I was reading a business book and I said you know what's like what's your mission like what's actually behind like why you do what you do and I was like for me it's a yeah it, it comes down to like bringing more love into the world and and chocolate's a vehicle for that and like we're saying earlier I think just we need a we're going to we currently need and we'll need a lot more of that as, as time comes. So that's that's my way of, you know, building or contributing more to a world that I want to live in, right? That I want to be a part of um, because the world that I grew up in just, just wasn't working for me. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I was harmed by it. Yeah, for me, it's like my driving force to, yeah, create something new, create something um, and opening up the heart. And actually, I just, I haven't shared too much about it on my Instagram because I'm busy with other things going on, but I have just, I've launched a rose chocolate with real rose essential oil. So real rose essential oil, might be aware, is very expensive. It's $300 for five milliliters. And so I'm, um, so I'm a part of a business barter network. So I thought, you know, it'd be so fun to do like through the barter network to get, you know, rose oil, it's still $300, but you know, barter is a little bit easier, right? But still $300. And I was like, you know, I feel like I want to do this for, for humanity at this time, right? Because rose also so heart opening. And so um, 
so I, I ordered the rose essential oil early January, just one thing after the other happened with delivery. And I would just, it was like February and I was going to do this whole thing for Valentine's day about the rose and the heart. I was like, I can't do it. Cause it just, it just wasn't coming. So anyways, when was the woman I got it from was super lovely and very apologetic and she called the company. And so they actually, they sent me a free one. So I ended up getting two and, um, yeah. And it was just such a beautiful, so anyways, I, so I started making this roast chocolate and I've never ingested real essential rose oil. Like I had no idea what I was getting into. And it was just been incredible because as soon as I, I had some, I was like, wow, this stuff like actually works like to, to guide people and help people access the wisdom of their hearts at this time and to come back to that, that wisdom. Um, and so anyways, yeah, this, the rose and chocolate is just an exquisite combination for that. So Beautiful. Ah, and I love that you're speaking to that because one of the things that I talk to a lot on this podcast and then also just in my work is in the turbulence that we have been in, obviously for the last two years, but for a lot longer than that, it can be hard to ground our energy back, to really reclaim our energy and not to react to everything that's going on around us. And one of the ways that really works that I've seen and felt for myself too, is to be able to anchor into our heart. And that sounds like the perfect marriage to do that with. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. It's amazing. It is so amazing. I, yeah, I I shared it with a girlfriend um, for her birthday. And she was like, we were out and she gave it to everyone around us. And everyone was like hugging and like having, you know what I mean? It was just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. So yeah, that feels, that's inspiring to me. And I feel like if, if I can contribute one thing in the world right now, <laughs> that's yeah, there it is. So the beauty, there's so much beauty in your business and just in your energy and what you're offering to me and the world. And what I love about it is because on paper, you make beautiful chocolate and carob-based sweets for people. But the truth of it that I see is that you are a teacher and a healer and a chocolatier and an entrepreneur and a business visionary and a you know agent of change like there's so much built in to what you're offering what is the first thing that comes to your heart or to your mind what can you offer to the listeners just a key lesson and it can even be reiterated just the first thing that comes to your heart a key lesson to honoring and trusting your intuitive guidance and your intuition? Yeah, I think one of the first things that comes to mind is if this is something that's so new to you, you know, it can be very daunting, I think, to maybe apply intuition in situations where the stakes are higher, right? Like your finances or your business or your career or your health even, right? Um, so I would say like start, start small, like start with things that, you know, and actually cooking is a great way to practice using your intuition. Try intuitive cooking, intuitive baking, and just see what happens when you follow your intuition versus you don't and you'll taste it. Right. And so that can be like, I think a really, I don't know, say safe, 
way to practice because I think it's, it's a muscle, right? And I think the more it's like, it's going to work out. Like you're not, we don't want to go hike up a big mountain if we haven't done the preparations beforehand. Right. And um, actually it reminds me, like I was speaking to a girlfriend this past summer, she's having a lot of health issues and she's intuitive woman. And I'm like, come on, like, just, you know, can you not go back to your intuition? Like, I was like, just ask your intuition. Like, why is this still going on? Like, have you not tuned in? And, and she said to me, she's like, Julie, she said, you know, you need to realize that like, you had so much practice at this because you've had no choice for years. And so you can so easily do this. And she's like, I have a lot of fear right now and I don't have access to this. So I can't do that in this, in this particular situation. And I was like, oh yes. Right. So I think it's, it's so important to, yeah, to like, to recognize that if, if we do have a lot of fear, use your discernment and, and, and know where you're at and be honest with yourself. Right. You can sense, you can sense when you're clear, when, when you feel like you can receive the information versus, yeah, if you have a lot of fear and if you're really doubting yourself, like it's okay. Right. Um, just, and, and that you can make it a game. You can make it really fun. And then the more that you do that and the more that you see, like, oh, when I follow my intuition, things work out, you develop confidence. And so then you're able to, you know, do that more and more and more. Right. So, yeah, like, I mean, I didn't, I, I, that's how I started. I started using my intuition really small ways and that, you know, now I'll have like a batch of chocolate that's sometimes worth like a thousand, two thousand dollars. And I'm using my intuition to this whole recipe. And if I screw up, that's a lot of money lost. But I, you know, I didn't start off like that, right? So, um, yeah, but it just, it becomes so, yeah, yeah, just natural and intuitive to do it the more that we do it. And, and to try it in different, different parts of life, because we can also get really used to say maybe just applying intuition in our relationships, right? And then maybe say, for example, you know, people really struggle, I think, using intuition with finances, <laughs> what are some small ways that I can start to, you know, that don't feel too daunting to practice, you know, using intuition in that area. Again, all comes down to the question. So completely. That is fantastic guidance to really start learning in the kitchen and a way to exercise that muscle to really know what that signature is for us because it's unique to all of us. Very rarely do I use a recipe. I do cook intuitively. And the only times I do use a recipe is usually if I'm really tired or I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to make this. And every time I complain about it because I love food. So it has to taste really good or else I'm like, nope, this wasn't good. And my partner will say, oh, did you use a recipe? And I'll say, oh, I did. So he knows. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Wow. Wow. So completely. It's so true. And that is very accessible for everybody to do and a beautiful way to really honor it and trust it. Well, thank you, Julie. Thank you so much for all of your time. I just am very grateful for all of the time and knowledge and everything that you shared with us today. And I can't wait to talk to you again. Yes. Likewise. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so much fun. Um, So juicy, so delicious talking to you. And uh, yeah, look forward to next time.